Hello, this is Lisa Rusick and Misty Lore with the podcast We Are All Psychic. And today we have a fantastic guest that I have let you know know about. <laughs> and his name is Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill, would you like to say hello? Hi, everybody. I'm glad you're listening. I'm happy to be here. This is great. We're happy you are here. I have a question. You are. Would you, uh, do you think we are all psychic? Yeah, that's a uh, complex question. Uh, but the simple answer is yes. That's a simple answer. <laughs> a complex answer to that one. And, you know, we might end up doing that. But, you know, uh, if you're not psychic, you're not paying attention. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. And there's some things that I think that people need to know about um, their psychic abilities if they are indeed hidden and their psychic abilities if indeed they have bloomed in some way. Um, I've worked with patients energetically for years now. And they and myself, when they achieve a certain state of consciousness, however they do that, whether it's through religious or spiritual means or merely a mechanical means of, you know, manipulating their subtle energies, often experience a sudden opening of what is referred to as the sixth sense or third eye, which is a set of senses that allow information to come from sources that are not ordinarily perceived by the five senses and brain. And this can startle people quite a bit. And when they startle, guess where they go? Home base, familiar land, five senses, ordinary brain, and the message can become garbled. It's like um, tuning into a radio station. And you know how um, it, it, it's, it's a little different now because most people don't listen to the radio like they used to. But if you were in a car and you were driving and a radio station was distance and you came up over the crest of a hill, you'd hear the radio station very clearly. Well, it might be in Spanish or it you know, might be you know, a show that you're not all that interested in and you're maybe not paying attention. Or it may be distance enough that you only catch like three words. Well, it's an entire program. But you come down into that valley, which is kind of like the ordinary mind from the superconscious mind, with only a portion of the information. So you might go, oh, Bob Johnson, my, my buddy is going to call me in 15 minutes. And you know that. And he calls. Well, if you had been on the crest of that hill a little bit longer and maybe didn't startle the fact that you just got a message that you were about to get a phone call from someone that you didn't expect to get a phone call about, you might have known exactly why he was calling. You might have known exactly where he was. You might have been able to actually visualize where he was. Yes. And, and you know, there are people who... Um, I am among them can do what's called distance uh, scene. Remote viewing. Yeah. We just did a remote viewing podcast. Yeah, yeah remote viewing. Yeah, it's really, it's really quite impressive, cool uh, thing to have. And when I started energy medicine, I was your typical rejectionist, materialistic, science-based, evidence-based, concrete, Thinker. Whatever that so, is. <laughs> yeah. Concrete, I, concrete I, can I, melt I, too at high enough temperature, as we know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a trained moron. I actually <laughs> went, <laughs> and, you know, and, and paid a lot of money for you know becoming uh, numb uh, to things. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And then when I started to do energy medicine, I went through a period of approximately, I would say three months where I was suddenly extremely psychic yeah. and perhaps even more than I had ever been before because I really didn't know how to process the information. It didn't shock me as badly as it does now in a weird sort of way. And we can that makes sense. That. You get used to and, it. Yeah. Yeah, and I knew where people were. I knew when they were going to be at a meeting. I knew when they weren't. I knew when they were going to call me. I knew what they were thinking sometimes. And I was yeah. going, what the heck is Maybe not on? like word for word, but you had general idea about exactly what they were thinking about, right? Right. So this last two or three months during the during a period of time where no one told me that this might happen. I was not warned, which is a good thing in some ways because that gives you a chance to go Oh, somebody's not doing this by auto suggestion or hypnosis or something like that. It's real. Yeah. And yeah. And so um, that what was happening was that I had gained access to my third eye and I was spending a lot of time with my third eye looking. And um, as I went back into my clinic and started working with my patients in the world of physicality or whatever we'd like to refer to it that that faded my attention was drawn back into the ordinary mind and five senses so it was like i you know ended up down in the valley and couldn't hear the radio station uh that we're broadcasting mm -hmm. anymore or not as clearly anyway this kind of goes back yeah. to what we talked about before the podcast with my experience listeners you'll hear about that in a minute with your okay. having done the technique and then you know, I could work it for a couple of days and it faded, you know, but listeners will get to the technique. <laughs> the technique yeah. is fabulous. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there, you know, if you're psychic or good we at all it, are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I liken it to basketball. It takes a little bit of practice. It's a skill. Um, you know, there are Michael Jordans in the world. My, you know, the person that gave me the most information, my teacher is incredibly psychic. And uh, in some ways, that makes her not that much fun to be around sometimes. Imagine her side. Yeah. And it's just kind of like a teacher that knows you didn't do your homework, you know? It's oh, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah not, not, not all that cool. Uh, because she can see uh, the the wider energy field at, with ease. Um, yeah. So when you think about if you're really psychic and you really have these confirmatory events in your life where you got information that couldn't have come from the brain or five senses, then you have a real issue on your hands in terms of trying, how do you deal with that? If you're intermittently psychic, you have another issue. How do you get better? There's because people. this yeah. has survival value. You know, if you know yes. you're going to get hit by a train, don't go down to the tracks, you dummy. Yeah. If you're not psychic, you might want to develop your skills to do so, again, for survival characteristics and because it's a big world out there and there's some wonderful information that you can gather and share with those around you. Um, so, yeah, we're all psychic and it's OK if you're not aware that you're psychic. Don't get uptight about it. You know, <laughs> You don't know, get I uptight mean, about anything. I played basketball for years before I hit a three-pointer. <laughs> I was terrible. I didn't even make the JV team, man. So but you had fun you know, with it, though, right? 
You had yeah, fun. exactly. That's fun. Yeah. And, you know, I got better over time. Like, yeah. To the point where I could, you know, fall down and still hold on to the ball. <laughs> and, you know, interesting. Basketball is kind of an interesting uh, analogy or metaphor because it, it takes a team when you have a team. It's kind of like your five senses, your five players. And then they all work together. That could be your juju. Isn't it five players that are usually on the court in basketball? I don't know basketball that well. So you could have your five senses playing the game, but your energy is the team, the working together, you know, your juju, all of them working together. So I kind of think that's how some of the information works. So listeners, Dr. Bill and Missy and I got, we had uh, each, uh, Missy had a phone conversation. I had a phone conversation with Dr. Bill and first, and he had written me, he is a medical professional and you are a micro. Uh, bio, uh, molecular, molecular biologist. Yes. And yeah, that's um, what I was before I became a doctor. Okay. So he, he has developed, he told me about his life. Like he told you some of his life. Uh, he, he can talk. He, I could talk to this person forever, Dr. Bill. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> so we're going to have a very long podcast. We're not going to let him leave. <laughs> so he gave, he, uh, he had this kind of healing energy session he, he can do and he wanted to demonstrate it. And before the podcast, we were going to record three weeks ago, I think he called Misty and gave her this healing type energy session. And then he called me and then we were going to do a podcast, but we were too tired to do it because we were healed. <laughs> I was anyway, I felt just great. And I just wanted to go like, relax yeah. and just, Oh, I felt no pain. Yeah. And um, I- it was, it was truly a really incredible experience. And I think uh, I don't, as I, we talked about before the podcast, before we started recording my experience afterward, was the next day I felt pain again. I did the technique and it worked. Then it kind of like the next day I could do it, but not as well. And then the next day, not as well. And then not at all. So um, Dr. Bill, would you like to demonstrate the technique or would you like to just describe it? Well, it's kind of interesting that if you're driving a car right now, I'm not exactly sure you'll <laughs> want to participate because if what is going to happen is if you have a successful response to what boils down to as an experiment, you will enter the superconscious mind. And the superconscious mind in some people is very good at operating the arms and legs and all the the speech and stuff like that. But in some people it's not so not so hard, not so good at this. This is why I think some people go into what we call trance when they when they work energetically. Um, when I started to uh, work as an energy healer um, for maybe a period of a month or two, I wasn't able to walk or talk uh, immediately after doing a energy session, which was very disturbing because I was in a um, clinic and I was working on one patient in one room and then I'd have to go into the next room and talk and interact with the next patient. Well, it appeared that I was intoxicated to anybody oh, wow. looking on the outside. I was stumbling. I didn't know what I was where I knew where I was, but it wasn't I, I couldn't operate my machinery. So it would take me a good five, 10 minutes before I was back in my ordinary mind and could operate my machinery. So I would not recommend it if you're operating heavy machinery or swinging mm-hmm. a hammer or driving a car that you participate. And all no you forklift, do forklift people do not do this. Yeah, <laughs> all operating heavy machinery. Uh, what I would do is you could pull over to the side of the road if you want to participate. But, you know, what if you don't want to participate, 
then all you have to do, and this is a big secret that we'll talk about, <laughs> is have a negative thought or feeling while we're talking about this. Wow. It'll bring yeah. you right back into the ordinary mind. Interesting. It'll nail you and keep you pinned to that because we habituate to survival with the ordinary mind and, and brain and five senses. It's how we live in this field uh, that we call the physical plane. So anyway, um, what I think we'll want to do here is do an, the following experiment. And this is very important to me. So if some of you have an experience during this, I would like you to get in touch with us somehow. And you have a way to do that, right, Lisa? Or do you, you can email me through Lisa at wearealpsychic.com and right. uh, I will forward it to you. How does that sound? Okay. So one of the things that I'm interested in is that I've been doing this with, I did this with Lisa and Misty at a distance, but I typically do this technique um, with my hands on a patient or within a few feet of them. And I do not know if this can be translated only with the human voice. My suspicion is that it can, but I'm trying to develop a way to do that for obvious reasons. Because mm. if you can take people into the superconscious mind, their lives change, their pain goes away, their anxiety goes away. If they yes. stay there long enough, they get control over their disease. Sometimes their diseases resolve, it takes time, you know, but this sometimes resolves. And they figure out, oh my God, I've got control over my life. Over my I life. Am longer, yes. I am and no a lot longer of people don't. Yeah. a leaf in the wind, subject to yes. whatever's going on. So what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be examining what I call, it's an analogy, it's a metaphor. We exist simultaneously in three different rooms, if you want to look at it that way. The analogy helps. Uh, but there is no place or time in either of in all of those rooms. Right now, all of us are uh, Misty and Lisa and I are all participating in the same room. Uh, we have the same consciousness. We can talk to each other and hear each other. And we're in the room. Let's call it the physical room. And on that plane, we agree on reality because we have. Our sensories are linked together and we can see the same things, hear the same things, talk about the same things, know the tree, the rock, whatever. There's a keyhole in a door between this and another, and another room. The first room is the ordinary mind, which is a metaphysical item. It's not the brain and not the five senses. It is what evaluates the information around us. And it is very metaphysical and much more powerful than the brain. Through that door is another room. We can see that door through a keyhole. Just like we see a keyhole of sensory through with our eyes, ears. Um, you know, we only see visible light spectrum with our eyes. We can't see infrared. We can't see gamma rays. We can't see electromagnetics. We can't see any of those things, oh, but they're there. Other animals can. That's kind of interesting too. Oh yeah. yeah. Bees and bats and you awesome. name those. Those old <laughs> yeah. beasties, they, they know what's up, you know? Yes, they do. They know it all. They're buzzing around. <laughs> and we can hear ultrasonics or certain vibrations with our standard physical senses. Yeah. But there's another sensory that's operating simultaneously behind this door 
and we are indeed experiencing it as we speak. There's another door beyond that room that we are experiencing as we speak. That is the source of the other two rooms. So what you're, what you're, it's a metaphor. It's kind of useful metaphor. Yeah. So right now you're in fight or flight because that is survival mode on the physical plane. If you're approached by a predator, you either win or lose fighting or flighting it, right? You either run away or you uh, kill it. And right. it's usually over pretty quick. So it's kind of an acute, uh, very useful for acute things. This is the realm of the ordinary mind and five senses. And it is slow, very slow, extremely slow. It takes 125 milliseconds to form a complete thought. and that is eight thoughts per second. So that's the speed of mind. My computer blows it out of the water. The other minds blow that out of the water. It's not even it's not even a race. I mean, it's like watching a turtle race a jaguar. <laughs> jaguar is not going to stop. <laughs> yeah. So, you, so you've got the um, ordinary mind and five senses and brain operating on this physical plane, fight or flight response. Then it gets complicated. The energy field at this state is collapsed. Close for fighting and close for flighting. Okay, you want as many sensories close to you if you have to throw a punch at something which is within striking distance. You also wanna be able to go off the radar of a predator because if I can sense energy fields, you know Thanks. that a jaguar or a, Tiger, you name it, tigers are a great analogy, can sense the energy field of its prey. I mean, they do with an energy field called their eyes. Okay? Yes, they do. And they disguise their energy field with the stripes on their fur. So they're they're changing energy fields to deceive with detectors. With these senses, yeah, they're yeah. changing energy. That's so really cool. I didn't think about way. that. That's very yeah. fascinating. Animals are very fascinating to me, yeah. Yeah, so when, you, so when you look at that way, you've got a collapsed field. So it's fight or flight, ordinary mind, five senses and brain, collapsed energy field, protector mode, okay? Protector mode doesn't do you much good if you can't detect a threat. Right. So you expand and contract your energy field into the next room. This is the realm of the superconscious mind, not the ordinary mind, although they cannot be separated. So every second that we live, and it appears to be, at least to me, although I can, I'll never really, probably really know, that this expansion contraction of the field from the protector mode into the detector mode happens instantaneously and so rapidly that it can't be detected, which means it's going to be a tough one for science because we have a tough time detecting the energy field, especially we're going to have a tough time detecting its expansion and contraction. If we can't measure it, it's going to be toughy. Right. So anyway, so you, if you go into a state of relaxation that we'll call the relaxation response, your field widens. You use your sixth sense, not the five senses, although they can still operate. And you look around and you say, hey, there's no tiger within striking distance. I can mellow out. I can relax. Yeah. When that happens, the energy field expands. And it's just like a bellows. And it pulls chi, this life force energy, 
into it, just like an expanding balloon or bellows. This neutrifies the body because we know that chi is kind of a nutrient. It, it increases vitality of tissues and organs. Any acupuncturist will tell you that. And that's a very, very uh, well-studied science of energy medicine. So this chi all of a sudden comes in. And it is one of the reasons of the three reasons that people heal using energy medicine. The first one is they relax. So that stress response disappears. And the resources that were directed towards running away are now directed towards rejuvenation. The second way is that this energy comes in in a nice big flow. And if there's open channels, it goes to the organs and neutrifies the organs. So there's two levels so far. The third level is really mysterious. The first two make sense to me. The third one is that if you deliver healing intent, which some people might call a wish or imagination. Intention, not, yeah, we talk about intention a lot on this podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, it, so it's an actual event. A lot of people, if you're imagining something, it's not happening. If you're wishing something will happen, it's not happening. If you're intending something to happen, you're actually asking it to happen now. Yes. Not in the future, lot, yeah. not in the past. You're not, you're not screwing around. You're not saying, around. yeah, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're, you're dreaming you're it. Going, right. So that third layer of healing happens in the second room for sure. Well, the first two layers of healing happen in the first room and the energy field expands. You get this nice flow. And it's associated with the change in sensation. The body typically becomes warm all over. And the audience may, one of the things you may be experiencing right now is a sensation of energy coming up into your body or from some direction that is warming your body. It's Why happening to me now. I don't know if it's because we had the session already with i know your voice and i know the technique from you doing it to me but i'm warm my feet are warm my hands and feet are always cold but they're warm everything feels good right now but as soon as you started talking about this i felt that trance feeling come over me not a trance but right. i could connect to your voice like listeners before we started the podcast i said this to him as soon as i heard his voice i felt that energy that flow that relaxation feeling that he had and he didn't hypnotize me or anything during the phone call i was fully aware of it. like a dog lisa bark <laughs> like a dog no see it didn't work what did i said bark like a dog it didn't work i didn't hypnotize see, you see you didn't hypnotize me see? i didn't hypnotize right. you, you should have said yeah. like a duck because that's what you taught me <laughs> so think about it for a second here's your field expanding like a balloon like a bellows and it's pulling this energy in on the physical level, people feel that as a warming sensation. I want people out there who are listening to check and see if they feel a new sensation in their body, because this is a reliable indicator of increased flow of chi energy into the body, which is always going on, but now you've just turned the spigot on. You've opened the bellows and it's flowing. You could do this with breath work, you can do it with meditation, you can do it with energetic mechanics, which is what we're kind of doing right now. Um, you know, you can go to a spiritual site. You can you can do a number of things to open your open your bellows. The second thing that you'll notice is a sense of calmness. The sense of calmness that you're experiencing is your mind in that room. 
and you have noticed that there's no tiger. If you want to screw this up, have a negative thought or feeling because you'll go back into the first room into protector mode. Because even though it's a thought and an illusion and there is no real tiger, your field will not know that. And it'll go survival number one, job number one. We're heading back to safety land in room one where we can run the hell away or kill this thing. Right? Makes sense? Yes. So then the third thing is really interesting. And this is a tough, this is a tough one that's taken me a little, a little while to kind of come up with a decent concept with it. Something happens in this second room or between the second room and, and third room, which I'm about to explain where the person feels like they're levitating. Mm -hmm. This is a reliable indicator that you have entered the realm of the metaphysical and your body is really no longer necessary for detection purposes. Ah, so, interesting. Uh, yeah. so you, now you're, now you're headed for room number three, you know, as Monty Hall would say, you know, what's behind <laughs> three? nobody knows. <laughs> e hole. And I've peeked through the keyhole and spent a few precious moments probably accumulating maybe into minutes over decades of work because it's hard to stay in the third room. Yeah. And I'll tell you. So there's this little keyhole and behind that door is what I call the universal mind. Um, I use that because people get upset when you say it's God because they say, who the hell are you? <laughs> Nobody here is going to get upset. Here. That's why we just talk well, out know, people. I, <laughs> and I'm not exactly all that sure that God would be pleased about me trying to talk about him, you know, because he's going, I know you're part of me, but gee, you know, let's try to calm down a little bit here. You haven't <laughs> yet. You're telling all That's his secrets. on earth <laughs> You wouldn't be on earth if you'd already figured this one out. So anyway, so the deal is that you can open that third door and what's behind there is really interesting. And when you first go there, it appears to be nothing. Yeah. There's no thought. There's no sight. There's no sound. It looks big, like a big, empty, dark room. Like a blank. It's just blank. Yeah. You're not but standing. That, You're just kind of there. But the that's blank. the... <laughs> to me is the grand delusion because that's where everything is emerging from where everything is it's just incomprehensible to the ordinary mind i think it's because it's out of time that we can't comprehend it it doesn't have time or it doesn't yeah. work with time the way we do or whatever you know i think that's what makes it so hard to access because we have to kind of be timeless to get there and just kind of not think about right. not right we, we conceptualize time a lot we could talk about that some other time but um so uh, when you enter that third room, immediately your body goes, what the hell was that? Yeah. And you end up in room number one again, trying to figure it out. Well, good luck trying to figure out room number three. <laughs> really try if you'd like. I wish you the best. Um, I don't think it'll... You'll You're not coming back if you figure it out, out, I think. Yeah, I think <laughs> I would stay in room number three, which is much preferred a place. Uh, because bodies hurt and minds suffer. And that's why I think that what happens to a person when they die is they're no longer going back from room number three, room number one, room number three, room number one, room number one, number, number two, number one, number one, number two. They're not fluctuating back and forth anymore. They're fully in the presence of the whole thing, whatever that is. 
and it doesn't hurt there. And it isn't unpleasant mentally there. Uh, I don't think the universe suffers in the same way that individual human beings do. It's just not, I just don't think it's available to the universe. And, you know, so, so what's happening is this process. And I hopefully now people are getting that nice, warm, buzzy feeling all over their body. If you're feeling a sense of calmness, you have also, not only with your body, entered the second room, your mind is in the second room. If you're floating, you're getting a good look at the universal mind, close up and personal. Now, th this, this came the hard way for me. I was working with a woman and uh, I had been working with her energetically and we'd been getting kind of crummy results. I'd be able to get her out of pain and just different parts of her body. She hurt everywhere, couldn't move, everything was a mess. She had horrible anxiety, totally disabled. She had lost her job, was about to become homeless. Her husband had left her and her children hated her. On mm. top of all that, and she was she was falling apart. Well, I was desperate. I didn't know what to do. So I had my hand on her head doing this technique that I call the gold technique. And I got upset because I had seen how many times before illness and psychiatric problems tear people apart and their families and society. I got mad and I said, okay, I'm going to run as much energy into this person as humanly possible and see if that works. So I went what I call Marine. I don't know if you know them. <laughs> Energetic Marine. <laughs> yeah, I, went Marine. I said, I'm going to take this beach. Thanks for letting me know you needed that uncle Sam. And I took that damn beach. I went energy into her like crazy. All of a sudden, I felt a total body warming sensation. I went into complete bliss and peace, and I started to float. At that exact second, this patient said, oh, my God, I'm floating off the table. My pain and anxiety are gone. And right before she said that, a wave of energy came across my field, and I didn't know what to do. And this was her, it her energy leaving like the bad energy leaving her or what was I, it? I think and yeah, I think what it was, was that her field stopped flickering long enough for me to notice oh. it expanding. And okay. when I noticed it expanding, I went back into my own collapsed energy field long enough to figure it out, have a thought about it, 125 milliseconds, and then went back into, you know, peace land because it's pretty nice there. It's, nice. it's like it's like a vacation from pain. Yes. And, here. <laughs> yes. and so you go back there and all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm going, she's sitting up on the table going, I can't believe it. There's no pain. I feel fine. And she's smiling, and, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, we're pretty she happy. Never smiled, I, I bet. <laughs> it was high. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I got it. I finally got it. That's amazing. And, you know, it's kind of like it took a victory lap or whatever. So <laughs> this lasted months, total body relief, no anxiety. We treated yeah. her several times after that. And after that, it appeared that the effect was permanent. Now, I didn't do anything. Her field did it. Yeah. Her body did it. I was just the conduit for enough energy to expand her energy field. So she went through those rooms and stayed at least in room two long enough for her to heal. That's, amazing. That's what yes. happened. Yes. And and she she had this, her husband, who was not a very nice person 
was in this collapsed stress response state. Well, she would feel her pain and anxiety coming back. Because he wasn't healing. Yeah, because she was protecting her field as a predator, his field as a predator. And of course, what do you do? You defend yourself. Yeah. Energetically and physically, whatever you, you survive. Yeah. Man. Absolutely. And so feel it coming back, but she was able to go back into that state because she wanted so much to heal. So I go to my teacher six months later after treating a bunch of people doing this, right? I have no idea what's going on. And my teacher is very talented and very popular, world-renowned world um, individual. And it was at this meeting and there were probably 80 people in the room. And I went up to her and I had like maybe two minutes, five minutes or whatever it was to discuss this with her because everybody wants a piece of her brain. Yeah, elevator. Yeah, you get your and elevator speech. <laughs> And so I, I said to her, I said, what happened? I described it. And I said, what was that? And she goes, oh, that's just the biggest aura wins technique. Like, I was supposed <laughs> to know that. You know, like, oh, was was this on page 101 of the energy man? <laughs> you missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone goes yeah. to 101 first, don't oh, you? Yeah. Uh -huh. It's book, actually. <laughs> I must have been in an altered state when you mentioned that. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. I yeah. was in the no time in the third room, and I can't remember that. <laughs> One of the things that I love to do with people, my patients, my friends, whoever, is take them into that altered state because they feel good. Okay, yes. so a couple weeks after I did this with this patient and treated a bunch of other patients, got the exact same response. Now, I'm a scientist. For mm. something to be real, it's reproducible. It's not a hallucination. Yes. right? Yeah. So I, I go, oh, cool. I can heal people with my energy field. <laughs> and I learned that you could do it within, you know, several feet because I practiced that and experimented with it. And my patients in my room, you don't have to be on top of them. You don't have to have your hand on them or anything. No. So I'm walking down my clinic and I decide, oh, I'll just go before I go into the room to see the patient. I'll go into the state that I call beyond Delta where you're floaty and you're warm. Yeah home and and all that stuff and i did it and i felt their energy field expand through the wall of the clinic as i walked down the hall and i went into the room of this one patient first patient i did this with and i said well what are you here for today and he goes i don't know and i go well you just told the nurse that you have you know horrible chest pain and you're and all these bad things are happening to you and he goes well i don't feel like that now <laughs> so I had to stop doing that because I lost my diagnostic information from the yeah. patient. The I didn't think about that. Yeah. You kind of have yeah. to that together. Yeah, yeah. So you got to be careful because you might lose information about which organ has got its uh, underwear bundled uh, or is in trouble. Yeah. Um, now that really hasn't proven to be Here as big focused. a problem as I thought it was, but you can see. So, now, I don't know what's going on with your listeners because this is, you know, electronics. <laughs> but in just a second, I'm going to go with Lisa and Misty and myself into this state called Beyond Delta because it's really one step. There's a lot of explanation that surrounds us so you know what the hell happens. So you don't have to go back to room number one to figure it out, which will stop the flow. It's like turning off a faucet. Okay. <clears throat> Are you going to do this demonstration with us? 
Yeah. I'm going to sure stop laying ready. down. Listeners, I'm laying down because I'm hurting today. Yeah. So I, this is going to be great for me. I can't wait. Thank you, Dr. Yeah. Bill. I'm ready. Missy, you ready? Okay, so here <laughs> we go. Let's see if we can nail it from here. All right. We're getting a target from a long, long ways away. And the, you guys are in Alabama. I'm in Colorado. So this yeah. shows you that this is a non-local phenomenon. There's no electromagnetic wave involved with it. Otherwise, it would fade and there would be a delay. Okay, here we go. Elisa just went in. Oh, yeah. I felt my hands and feet. Yep. Okay, Lisa went in, but Misty's not in. Misty, or what are you feeling? Misty? I'm just trying to relax right now. Okay, and go in. Because I can feel their waves, their wave of their field expand. So I'm going to focus a little bit more and try to go where Misty is, wherever the heck that is. <laughs> Hartzell. <laughs> there she just went in. Did you go in, it Misty? I'm in, yes. My heart it feels like it's in, too. It's like my feet and my hands and my heart and everything's starting to. Pretty darn weird. <clears throat> yes. I can feel you it. When you said go in, I felt it. I felt go in. It felt to me like I was connecting to, like you described it to me as connecting to earth energy and sucking at that point. At that point is when you said that. And that's what I didn't think about anything. I just let you do your thing. I, and it just started. I didn't try my end at all. You know? Okay. So now the procedure for those of you. In TV viewer land, or whatever we want to call it, out in the same <laughs> podcast world, is to record and remember these three things whatever total body sensation you're having, typically a warmy, buzzy sensation. If it's total, you went back out, Lisa. Um, did you go back out? I don't feel like I did. I just okay, no breath. I may have expelled something. <laughs> okay. I'll try so. Um, there's a total, there's a body sensation that you'll have. It may be in parts of your body, typically. It's in the whole body, typically. It's a warm, buzzy, fuzzy, tingly sensation. Sometimes it feels like a pleasant limb falling asleep type deal. You should also feel a sense of profound peace and rest. There's a bunch of people. I think there's some people going in here. I'm not sure. Anyway, the third one, if you feel floaty, you are deep enough. You are going back and forth between room number two and room number three. Record and remember, because if you can reproduce any of these sensations, especially the floaty sensation I found, you can re-enter this state at will instantaneously. In fact, to be quite honest, you're already there. You just don't know it. You're flickering back and forth enough that you do not recognize that sensation because it's instantaneous and then gone. Protector, detector, protector, detector, protector, detector. Relaxing, relaxation, stress, relaxation, stress. Like that. It's so quick you can't even deceive, you can't even perceive it. And so when you spend more and more time in there, your body habituates. It goes, oh, this is cool. I haven't experienced this since I was an infant. <laughs> so I only yeah. experience this as, as adults in dreamless sleep. So we don't get a chance to record it. My feeling is that we exit room number three, 
gather our resources in room number two and evolve into room number three. We evolve into the physical plane, never leaving the metaphysical plane. That's why we're all psychic. Um, because Beautiful. we're there. <laughs> I'm, flo I'm floating. I, when I had my eyes closed, it felt like my arms. Listeners, you can't see me, but it felt like my arms were like crisscrossing in front of me, the energy of my arms, like going like this. And my legs felt like they were floating all around, like like they didn't have bones in them or anything. It was like the astral bones and arms. arms no. They were kicking the, and you, wanting to get out, but I couldn't. <laughs> you can use, and if you were in pain or had anxiety, is recognize what it feels like to be in out of pain or having no anxiety. Yeah. That will also guide you back. And I'm not doing anything. It's your field that's doing it. I'm pointing at a destination and telling you what it is like when you're there. Yes. Telling it's you that like, it's an option. It's, it's available to you. Giving you a map to Cleveland and giving you a picture of Cleveland. When you get to Cleveland, you know what Cleveland's like. And you know Can we pick a different there. city? <laughs> yeah, how about Honolulu? <laughs> Feels like Honolulu to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so pick pick a method and it's really if you do it a bunch of times uh you will know i any feel great negative, any negative thought or feeling is going to take you back right because that's the realm of the physical mind that's where we get our bodies physically hurt yes but you are intact what we call the soul is experiencing room number three continuously Yes. Stay there. We That's what he said to me, listeners. He's like, you got it. He said, now stay there. And I've had that just stuck in my head. Now stay there. Yeah. So that's what I tried to do. That's the main thing that you just, the way you said it, it's just imprinted in there. Now stay there. <laughs> but I feel like I'm sitting up. <laughs> I like, I feel like a lot better. I have a question for you, Dr. Bill. Sure. Um, in the beginning of the podcast, you had mentioned like the metaphor of a tiger and the predator. Um, before the podcast listeners, he had said, I have my field kind of collapsed or it goes really fast so they can't catch it with his perception of it. Um, and I'm always, I've been told by doctors, I'm always in the state of fight or flight. And I don't know any different except when I was a kid, when you said when you were a child or baby, you know, in the womb or whatever, I was a really happy kid. But when I hit puberty, everything just fell apart in every way, <laughs> you know, um, I, but I didn't get diagnosed with the actual problem until this past year. So, um, or this last year. So um, what do you think that instinct is that wants, why do we want to survive? I want to know what you think about that. What is that instinct about the survival instinct? What's the point of it? You know, if, if we have it, what is it there for? If we well, know that third room is so, so ecstatic, why wouldn't we just die and be there? If that, you know, I, I'd want to do that, but we, I don't want to die. I want to stay here. Why? I'm in pain. I have anxiety, all this stuff, but I don't want to die, you know? You know, some of this stuff is completely beyond me. I have no I idea. Going it's to philosophy. The I just want to know what you thought. I don't know either. I mean, <laughs> going into the physical is like walking down a dark alley when you hear voices and guns going off. I mean, this is this is not a great place to hang out. Uh, the you know the body can really get injured. The mind yes. can be totally injured. You know, and, you know, uh, our emotions are there. You know, people are nasty, mean sometimes, and it's just bad news. I think that what's happening is that we need to experience the physical to understand that the metaphysical exists. We need a comparison point, an anchor point to go, oh, 
I was in the physical. Now I'm in the metaphysical. Oh, now it makes sense. This is the metaphysical. Because if you were in the metaphysical, you if so vast and giant as an individual personality, you wouldn't even know what the heck was going on. <laughs> so I think that that's why people visit the earth. That's my personal explanation. Some people say they come down here for a lesson. God, I have <laughs> learned my lesson. Okay, take me. I mean, this... I have really learned my lesson, and it's okay. I can go now. Anytime you're ready. You I know, totally so agree you, with you. Yeah. Totally and so this illusion that we're separate from from the universal mind or God or whatever. The divine. Is, like is <laughs> the ultimate grand illusion. We cannot do that. He well, you know, every- why do you think we have evolved to be that way? That we, our religions have, a lot of them have separated people from God. Like Christians in the area I live in, a lot of them, Catholic, I was raised Catholic. We weren't taught this. We had saints, we had angels, you know, but a lot of the Christian religions around where I live, um, they have Jesus. So you can't talk to God. You have to talk to Jesus and Jesus mm-hmm. talks to God. It separates the person. Every you talk to the pastor and the pastor talks to God for you. It, a lot of them have separated the people from God in these religions. And I don't know why. Um, the control, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, guess, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, they'll often ask you for a fee up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because if you if you find God, uh, then they're no longer necessary. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, you're off to the races. You know. You got so, a good point there. If they want you to find Jesus, yeah. and find God. Why are they? Yeah. You know, and I I was brought up Protestant in and. My father was a really interesting person. He was a heretic in almost every church. Wow. And yeah, because he was a direct experiencer, and that's what he advised me. What's to that? Do. What's a direct experiencer? He advised me, you know, when I, I started to get interested in um, the being, the disembodied being that is Christ when I was quite young, and I would have conversations. And and, and it was really, it was kind of weird because it was like, you kind of expect talking to someone like that, that it would be like, oh, here, you know, this is what, you know, God and the universe is about. I mean, this was about, you know, what my toy truck was like. Right, right. Oh, yeah. And, 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 but it was still the same person that I, as I grew up, that I yeah. knew as this, as this individual that was my friend, my, yeah. as, as my only friend. And, and uh, so... He knew this was going on because I told him about it. I told him that I was talking to Jesus and all this stuff. And he said, great. He said, do not stop, which I screwed up and did when I went to, you know, uh, science school. Science Uh, school? (laughs) school. Yeah, when I started paying to be stupid again, you know, when when they told me, hey, uh, here's $20,000 a year tuition. We'll teach you how to be a moron. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And For fifty thousand dollars. And when I got a piece of paper that says moron on it, it's like incredible. And so anyway, I got MD, I got, I got, moron, yeah. doctor. But you know, when it comes to when it comes to the universal, we're all morons when it comes yeah. right down. Yeah, you know, we're trying. Tough, we're trying to get somewhere. <laughs> He wanted, he said, do not listen to these other people. They are people. Remember that half of the people on earth are of below average intelligence. 
Think Let about that. Think right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's just their IQ scores. Some what does of them, IQ score say? I mean, if they, maybe these people, the same people. It just tells test you how well way. your brain works. It doesn't tell you much more than that. No, it doesn't. It yeah. yeah. Some people, and I'm not trying to insult anybody, because some of the people who have the lowest considerable yeah. like uh, considered yeah. idiots yeah. or whatever they can do these incredible yeah. things we've talked about savants on the podcast before creative intelligence you know and a lot of them feel bad emotional intelligence yeah because like they don't have a diploma like me so they feel like they you they know, feel they bad because our society it. has told them their parents told them or whatever you know and they believe them yeah. So. yeah so don't feel bad if you if you you don't if you go well like i just insulted half the population i'm not saying that <laughs> over I'm half <laughs> that people have, have the right and opportunity to interpret their world as they see fit and some of them are not doing a good job <laughs> and if well, you they're, listen they're, to they're, them, is right me, 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 me. you know their their fit yeah. is like just as you know going back to the fight or flight they're fighting <laughs> you know, they're fighting. You know, it's like going to Disneyland versus having someone tell you about their trip to Disneyland. Yeah. What would you rather do? And <laughs> that's what he was telling me. I mean, go, you know, if you're going to the spirit, go to the spirit. Don't trust someone else to take you there. Don't trust their description. And that goes for me, too. What I just told you may or may not be correct. I'm a physical human being with a brain. That automatically disqualifies me from the whole sacred deal. You know, <laughs> that is a disqualifying factor. You cannot, you know, you cannot understand room number three. I don't care who you are. If you claim to understand room number three, you are room number three. And you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't you'd be, you'd be somewhere hanging out in room number three with other yeah. room number three people. You would be crazy. <laughs> or you'd have other things to do with your time than yeah. to you know, yeah so that's the way i look at it i look at this illusion our packaging our physical packaging as the grand illusion we are not separate we cannot be the thing that is is everywhere every time in all things simultaneously all at once that's the best definition i have for the universal mind it is non-local it does not have to obey time or space rules. It's there. It's right now. We're swimming in it. We're done. It's right now. It is right now. Yeah. It is eternally and, right and, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of people go, well, no, I've got to watch. Okay, fine. <laughs> Tell me what time it is. You know, <laughs> does your watch and, you have know, a battery? It doesn't have I, a quartz I live here. <laughs> I'm going here. I'm going like, okay, fine. Do you find Whatever. a lot of people like when you have taught them this technique or done it to them and other people have seen it or witnessed it, do they still say like, ah, that wasn't real afterwards or just he hypnotized me or that was fake? You know, people like at, like at, for example, after Misty and I did the session with you each um, and I woke up the next day and I felt the pain and then I was able to kind of duplicate it that day and get rid of the pain. Um do you find anyone like the next day they wake up and they're like, ah, he just like, whatever he did something that they don't even know what hypnosis is say, but they would excuse it away with something they don't even understand either. You know, does anybody well, do that or are they pretty blown away by it all the time? I didn't have time to learn hypnosis. I probably should have, you know, because it might've come in handy at certain points with my patients, but I don't know what's happening. No, I'm just asking but if I, anyone's ever like 
not believed it after where they've actually experienced it, you know? Oh, no, that doesn't, that hardly ever happens. That's what I was wondering. I can't believe that it would happen, but I just wondered if somebody might still psych themselves out so much for the next day to be like, no, you know? Maybe so it is amazing. Time. It's been, it's been, it's blown my mind since you've spoken with, with both of us last like three weeks ago, I've been working on that technique. And like I said, now I think I got, now I've got you on recording doing it. So I'm going to be able to listen to it whenever I want listeners. Like he said at the beginning of the podcast or somewhere in here, if you have an experience through this, we'd love to hear about it. So email me or I'll pass it on to him. Lisa, we're all psychic.com. We want to hear if yeah. you have any experiences from doing this technique on this podcast, listening to this podcast. He's trying to figure out if it's capable to transfer it through a recording, for example, and you're writing a book about it too, right? Yeah. What I've decided to do initially, I started writing a book and then I realized, oh my gosh, this is ink on paper. This is not going to work. Yeah. And so I decided to do an audiobook instead because then I can do with for sure with some people what many of my patients have experienced, just talking to them and telling them what to do. Yes. They can pull it off. The first you should, time you should do I the audiobook. You should do the recording. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the first time I went into this state. I had no idea I was going to have that it was going to happen to me. All I did was pull in a bunch of energy into my body, just like I did with that woman with fibromyalgia. And, you know, you can induce this. My teacher took me into this state on two occasions that I recognize for my instruction. She helped me out. She introduced this to me, you know, and it was kind of like, I think she's kind of like a decent mother. I call what, her my. What's, what's your what's what's her name? Do you mind? Eva? Oh, not at all. Her name is a. Uh, she's a doctor of divinity. Rosalind R O S L L. Excuse me. R O S A L Y N L Bruyer B R U Y R E R E. Beautiful. Now can you do my name? Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. <laughs> if, you put, if you put .org on that, it'll take her right to the site. Okay, um, cool. At the end of it. And she, she is, I just don't know what to say about someone like that. I mean, there's no way that you can kind of get a clue as to what someone of 50, 60 years who can see human auras who's been tested at UCLA laboratories to confirm that she can indeed do so. Uh, Why don't those stories get out on the news? Why don't we hear about that? We hear about people like, you know, robbing the store, <laughs> you know, robbing a grocery store. And it's like, I want to hear yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. So, so go to her site. She teaches yeah. online and in person. Um, and uh, there is nothing like going to one of her sessions uh in person i would highly recommend if you can pull it off and you know it's a week's accommodations and you know 750 bucks it's cheap for what you get i mean it's a dirt cheap dirt cheap uh introduction to whatever she's teaching at that point yeah. i mean she taught me distant healing uh techniques after i'd learned them but my uh ability to do so after working with her for five days markedly accelerated that's how good she is she knows how to take a person who knows nothing to expert in no time flat that's really and, fascinating yeah. yeah 
she's she's a diamond i'll look her up yeah i'll look i'd like to see i'd like to learn from her myself although that's a, that's a lot of money for me <laughs> you say that's dirt cheap i'm like woo, i can't afford that <laughs> but you know yeah. but uh um i, I do want to ask um before i ask you for last words of advice i want to thank our sponsor everclear everclear is an advice app where you can get advice from psychics and empaths so you can get the clarity you need to create the life you deserve and um, and I'd love to hear any advice you have to someone who's just starting out with trying to do some healing energy work, but especially if they're doctors and maybe they're just starting to realize there's more to this than just science has told me or what classes have told me. And maybe they're feeling things like experiencing things like you did a long time ago. What would you say to them? Maybe those doctors or medical professionals, anyone who's in the field and they're, they're, they're starting to really know this stuff is for real. This is something they can do and work with to heal. We are all energy healers. You cannot get away from this. You are either doing harm or you're doing good. And the only way you can do harm you can, is to not do good. This is really interesting. All doctors are energy healers. You've heard of the placebo effect. Yes. Where ah, is that what it is? It's going to work and it, it helps it work. There's also the nocebo effect. You tell them something bad's going to happen to them, it's more likely to happen. Yes, that's so true. That means that every doctor, every person, every one of us has an enormous responsibility to be extremely careful with our energy fields, to be extremely careful with our words, which are just an expression of our energy fields. Yes. Because this is this place that we are in. We are like cells, individual human beings, cells in a giant organism. And if one cell is harmed, the entire body suffers. And when you look at that th that way, you would be crazy to harm another person. And other people go crazy. I know that. I see it every day. But if you're sane, that would be the last thing you would do is to harm another human being energetically or via your words or actions. And, you know, one of the things that I think will happen with energy medicine is it will bloom in the next few years I think so. as a societal force. Because people will go, this is where the good is. And that's where it is. We've mm -hmm. been hiding it too long in the churches and our spiritual traditions. Yes. It has to be a component of our daily lives. I agree. When we win that battle, the earth will change. I'm there with you. I'm on the battlefield. <laughs> or yeah. in room two. I'm in room two with my flaming sword. <laughs> and then Frankie's Frankie up there. He's going into the third room to just hang. That's Frank. <laughs> That's the one I was telling you that was uh, he's bred with my boyfriend's dog. <laughs> Missy, Missy, thank you. Frank, thank you. And Mr. Uh, Dr. Bill, I almost called you Mr. Bill. <laughs> Mr. Bill. Uh, Dr. Woo! Bill, I just want to say that. <laughs> You've heard that a million times, I'm sure. But I'd love to thank you for coming. This has been great. I want you to come back anytime you want to and talk some more because I need more of your recorded voice. <laughs> I'll wait for the audio book, I guess. And listeners, remember, to, re remember to just re re recall, reproduce, remember, and remain. Re 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 review. Wait, do that again. The three four R's. R's. Four R's. It's a pirate thing. R. R. Okay. Pirates Once you recorded and 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 uh, remembered, all you have to do is reproduce, and re-enter and remain. Reproduce. So it's five re R's. Five R's. Yeah. Okay. Five Do it again. Pirate R's. Five R's. What are they? One. Remember and once you've remembered and recorded what the sensations and feelings are, all Remember you have to do is reproduce, so you will re-enter 
and then you remain. Okay, thank you. That's what I'm going to call this podcast. Those five words. <laughs> there are the five R's. Right, right. My name. That's right. I'll probably think of a better name than that because that's not really catchy. I'll think of something catchy for you, Mr. Bill. <laughs> and listeners, Bill. as always, yeah. we love you. We love you, listeners. And thank you so much for listening, as always. And have what a wonderful time wherever you may be. Would you like to say goodbye to the wonderful listeners, Dr. Bill? Goodbye, you guys. Remain. Remain, Missy. Thank you. And peace thank out. You. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.